All right, y'all, what is going on? This is your man, L. Jamal, coming through with another edition of Never Out of Bounce. This is the place where you can say what you want as long as you got the facts. Today is Saturday. It is a sports day, so let's get right into it. I got a, quite a bit to talk about today. So we're going to start off in the college football realm, starting with an ACC conference preview. Of course, college football is on its way. Later on, I got some NFL preseason action to go over. I do not have the conference, uh, conference previews just yet or the divisional previews for that just yet i'm sorry guys let me get back to you work and all that in life is it's not necessarily kicking your boys butt but then you also got all this preseason action in terms of the nfl so there's a lot of stuff going on so i'm gonna have to really start hunkering down for you guys uh, i've been missing a couple days in terms of just getting notes and i see where it's throwing me off and where i in terms of and how i want to uh, record and how i want to get this information out to you guys so i'm gonna be working on that for the next week or so so bear with me uh but i really feel like i need to be getting this out a little bit more um not necessarily more often to you guys but i want to make sure that i have some sort of a pattern and some sort of a uh, a schedule for you guys that's manageable for your lives and you know that you guys can listen to so i'll be working on that work with me bear with me we will be working on that i will be working on that uh in the upcoming future also tonight i'll be talking well also today i'll be talking some mlb action as well i will be giving you guys the standings for the start of the weekend i'll be giving you guys some scores from yesterday and from last night as well so let's just hop right into it of course like i said i got that college football conference preview uh this is the this is the last of the power five conferences uh we will be going over i will be going over the mid-major conferences uh starting next week uh with conference usa uh, probably probably the american conference maybe the sun belt or something like that uh but just now i'll be going to going through the smaller conferences in college football next uh but we're going to wrap it up with the, the fifth uh the fifth of the, the prominent ones uh this is the atlantic coastal conference the a aka the acc uh the acc is divided into, into two divisions of course the atlantic and the coastal so we're going to break down the standings from last year from last year and we're gonna go from there so last year uh the acc was broken down like this of course clemson ended up winning the division actually the uh, atlantic division and also the conference beating out pittsburgh uh in a lopsided uh conference championship game if really if it was really that uh but clemson will go on to finish eight and oh in the conference they will go on to finish 14 and 0 overall next up in the atlantic division you got syracuse to finish six and two in conference play and they also finished 10 and three overall so they had a really big improvement next year i look for them to improve uh even more this year with a pretty decent uh recruiting class we also got nc state coming in at five and three conference play they were going to finish nine and four overall we also got Boston College here, who finished four and four in conference play, they finished seven and five overall. We have Florida State and Wake Forest tied at three and five in conference play. However, uh, Wake Forest will finish seven and six overall, and Florida State will finish five and second. And this will be uh, under their second year uh, under the, under their coach uh, Willie Taggart. So. Look for them to kind of take a step forward this year. They really recruited well this year, uh, but we'll get into my predictions later on, of course. And at the bottom here, we have Louisville finishing 2018 uh, at the bottom of the conference uh, in general and at the bottom of the division, uh, zero and eight in conference play and two and 10 overall. In the Coastal Division, you have Pitt winning out. Uh, they went six and two in conference play. They would go on to finish seven and seven overall. Uh, Georgia Tech uh, will go on and finish 
finished five and three in conference play and seven and six overall. We got Virginia, who had a really surprising season. I think they'll take a step up this year as well. They finished four and four in conference play, but they went on to finish eight and five overall. Uh, Virginia Tech, with, Virginia Tech, excuse me, will also go on to finish four and four and six and seven, uh, four and four in conference play and six and seven overall. We got Miami, who will go on to finish four and four as well, but seven and six overall. And we had Duke, who surprisingly uh, did not really do that great in terms of the conference play, uh, but we'll go on uh, and have a overall record of eight and five. So that's weird, but there you go. I don't know what to say about that. That's that's weird. Or well, actually six and five, excuse me. So they, I mean, they went on to have a winning record, a decent record, uh, but again, they didn't really do that great against the conference. So um, that's. Mm, I don't know what to make of that. Uh, but some key ball games here. We have Syracuse, uh, who um, went on to beat West Virginia in the Camping World Ball, 34 to 18. We also got Virginia getting a shutout. Uh, I believe uh, this was in another minor ball. I think this was the yeah the Belk Ball, 28 to zero was the final score there. And we got Stanford beating out Pitt in the Sun Ball by 1.14 to 13. The ACC will go on to finish six and five in their ball game, so not too bad. I believe that's one of the higher percentages uh in f well, in fbs last season in terms of the power five conferences so again they took their lumps and uh but they you know got their wins too uh, but let's move on to the, the present day uh let's start off with recruiting we're going to go through the top recruiting teams in um in the conference. We're going to start at the bottom though with Louisville. Louisville brought in 15 commits this year. They brought in one four-star cat and they also brought in 14 three-star recruits including offensive tackle Zach Williamson who was the fourth overall tackle, offensive tackle in West Virginia. They also brought in linebacker Dorian James who was the 40th three-star line, 30, uh, four, uh, sorry, the 40th rated uh, three-star linebacker in the nation. They also brought in running back uh, Aiden Robbins who was the 12th, the 12th rated running back from Kentucky. Uh, in terms of Bobs and Callis, they came in at 13. They brought in 18 commits, 18 three-star commits, including quarterback, pro-style quarterback for that matter, Sam Johnson. They also brought in linebacker Shita Sila, 15th rated linebacker from New Jersey. Uh, next up, we have Pittsburgh, who brought in 19 commits. Uh, sorry, yes, 19 commits with 18 three-star recruits, uh, including another pro-style quarterback, uh, Davis, yes, Davis Sevilla. Uh, he's a seventh rated quarterback in South Carolina. They also brought in running back Daniel Carter. Uh, in terms of Wake Forest, they will bring in 21 recruits uh, coming in in 11th place. Uh, they had 20, like I said, 21 recruits, two four star recruits, and also 19 three star recruits, including four star wide receiver Donovan Green, who was the 11th rated receiver in uh, North Carolina, his home state, and also uh, actually the number 11th receiver in North Carolina, and also the 39th overall receiver in the country. They also brought defensive end Shamar McCullough. For Syracuse, they brought in 20 commits, including 23 star recruits. Uh, that includes line, uh, sorry, linebacker Michael Jones and also safety Cornelius Young. Uh, in terms of uh, Georgia Tech, we have uh, 21 overall commits that they brought in, uh, bringing them into the number ninth spot here. They got one four-star recruit, and they also brought in 23 star recruits, uh, including uh, running back Jameis Griffin and also corner, cornerback, uh, defensive back, rather, Wesley Walker, who was a 19th rated recruit uh, in, the, in the 
three-star category out of Florida. And moving on to Duke, they brought in 21, com uh, 21 commits overall, one four-star recruit, and 23-star recruits, including four-star defensive back Tony Davis, who was the 12th-rated prospect in North Carolina. They also brought in offensive guard Jacob Monk, and they also brought in defensive tackle Dwayne Carter, who was a 19th-rated prospect from Ohio. Uh, at the number seven spot, we have Virginia, who brought in 23 overall commits, one four-star, and also 22 three-star recruits, including defensive tackle Jawan Briggs, who was the seventh-rated defensive tackle in the nation at the three-star, uh, I'm sorry, in the four-star category, and they also he's the second-rated prospect in Ohio. They also brought in outside linebacker Hunter, I think that's Hunter, um, mm, yeah, Hunter Stewart, excuse me, who was a fifth-rated prospect out of uh, Washington, D.C., and he's a 31st-rated linebacker in the nation. At the number six spot, we have North Carolina State, who brought in 24, commu uh, 24 commits, excuse me, including four four-star recruits and also 19 three-star recruits, including defensive end Savion Jackson, who is the 11th-rated defensive end in the nation and also the third-rated prospect out of North Carolina. They also brought in defensive tackle C.J. Clark, who was the 16th the 16th rated defensive tackle in the country and also the fourth from North, North Carolina as well. So North Carolina and North Carolina, the next uh, the next team up uh, recruited very well within their home state of North Carolina. West, uh, Wake Forest was also able to eat well in that state too, bringing in some good uh, talent as well. The four-star slot and also some three-star recruits as well. But at number five, we have North Carolina who brought in 24 commits. They brought in five four-star recruits and also 17 three-star recruits, including uh, wide receiver uh, Kafre Brown, who was a sixth-rated prospect from North Carolina, and they also brought in linebacker Eugene Asante and offensive tackle Tristan Miller. Uh, Miller, excuse me. <clears throat> At the fourth place spot, we have Miami, who brought in 18 commits, seven four-star, and also 11 three-star recruits, including wide receiver Jeremiah Payton, who was a 10th-rated receiver in the country, also defensive back Christian Williams, and also safety Keontre Smith. At the third spot, we have Virginia Tech. They brought in 23 commits, seven four-star, and also 16 three-star recruits, including offensive guard Doug Nexter, who was the sixth overall offensive guard in, nation, guard in the nation. Uh, in terms of four-star recruits and also the second rated uh, the second rated overall from West, uh, West Virginia excuse me and uh, they also brought an athlete Jason Peyuti the seventh rated uh, the seventh overall athlete in the nation and also the fourth rated prospect from Virginia at the number two spot we have Florida State who brought in 21 commits nine four-star and also 12 three-star recruits including defensive back Akeem Dent who's the seventh overall cornerback in the nation and also the eighth overall recruit from Florida. We also brought in safety Brendan Grant, who was the number 11 safety in the nation. And you got cornerback, well, defensive back Travis J, who's the number 17 overall defensive back in the nation. And at the number one spot, of course, that leaves Clemson, who brought in 29 commits, including one, four, uh, one five star. Four, I'm sorry, 12 four-star recruits and also 15 three-star recruits, including the number 23 overall recruit in the nation, five-star defensive back Andrew uh, Andrew Booth, who was also the, uh, the second overall defensive back in the nation and the third overall prospect from Georgia. They also brought in wide receiver Frank, uh, I think that's, yeah, uh, 
Frank Lawson, who is the number seven receiver in the nation, and also the fifth overall prospect from Florida, and also wide receiver Joe Ngata, who is the number, uh, the number 52 overall prospect in the nation as well. But let's move on. We're going to go on to the all-conference teams here. We're going to start off with the first-team offense. That includes quarterback Trevor Lawrence out of Clemson, of course. Last year, he uh, completed 65% of his passes for 3,280 yards, also 30 touchdowns and four, uh, 30 touchdowns and just four interceptions. We also got Travis Etienne at the running back spot, his teammate out there at Clemson. We also got another running back here, A.J. Dillon from Boston College. Last year, he ran for 1,108 yards and also 10 touchdowns. At the wide receiver spot, we got three guys here. We got... We got T. Huggins at Clemson. We also got Justin Ross out of Clemson. And we got we also got a Florida State guy here, Tamarion Terry. At the tight end spot, we got Brevin Jordan out of Miami, who last year caught 32 passes for 287 yards and also four touchdowns. At the offensive uh, for the offensive line, we got tackle Tremaine uh, Akram from Clemson. We also got Ben. Uh, P. Tripp from Boston College. We got offensive guard John Simpson from Clemson. So a lot of Clemson guys here on the first team. They got a few second team guys as well. Uh, we they got a few first team guys. We got they got quite a few uh, first team guys on defense as well. But to round out the offensive line here, we have uh, offensive guard Gage Saranka yet again out of Clemson, and the center Sean Pollard once again out of Clemson. For the first team defense, we got defensive uh, lineman uh, actually defensive. In Xavier Thomas, yet again out of Clemson. We also got defensive in Alton Robinson out of Syracuse, who last year had 39 tackles, 17 tackles for loss, 10 and a half sacks, and also three forced fumbles, as well as two fumble recoveries. We also got defensive tackle Marvin Wilson out of Florida State. We also got Niles Pickney out of Clemson. We got two linebackers here, uh, actually three linebackers here. Two of them are out of Miami. Shaquille Quarterman, I've talked about them before, about him and his teammate Michael Pickney before. Uh, they also We also got uh, Isaiah Simmons here out of Clemson. So again, a lot of Clemson talent here. Uh, look for Clemson. Well, we'll talk about Clemson in, another, in just a little bit as well. Uh, for, the, uh, for the secondary, we got defensive backs uh, Bryce Hall from Virginia, who last year had 62 tackles and two interceptions, as well as 21 plaques past deflection, deflections, excuse me. We also got A.J. Terrell, another cornerback here, defensive back here, this time out of Clemson. And also we have safety uh, Andre Sisco out of Syracuse. Last year he had 60 tackles, nine pass deflections, seven interceptions, and a forced fumble as well. And we also got safety Tanner Muse out of Clemson. Uh, for the special teams, we got uh, place kicker Andre Smith out of Syracuse. Uh, we got punter Sterling uh, Holfrichter out of Syracuse as well. And then we got Maurice French, and I believe he is from Pitt. Uh, yes, I believe he's from Pitt. And for the second team offense, we have quarterback Bryce Perkins out of Virginia. Last year, he completed 64% of his passes for 2,680 yards, also for 25 touchdowns and nine interceptions. Offensive lineman Christian Derrissaw out of Virginia Tech. We also got wide receiver Damon Hazleton out of Virginia Tech. Last year, he got 51, uh, 51 passes for 802 yards, also eight touchdowns. On the defensive side, we have the uh, 
uh, we have D lineman Jason Strobridge out of North Carolina. Last year, he had 36 total tackles, eight for loss, and also five sacks. And we also had linebacker Charles Snowden out of Virginia, who had 62 total tackles last season for, and seven and a half for loss. And he also had two and a half sacks for two interceptions as well. As far as who I have as a favorite right now, it's a clear cut decision for me. I'm definitely going to go with Clemson again. I think this would be their fifth in a row or their fourth in a row, something like that. But again, I think it's an easy route for them. I don't think the ACC is just there yet. I think Florida State had a really good recruiting class this year, uh, but I think it's going to take another year or so for them to kind of get things together under uh, Taggart. Uh, for Miami, again, they have it. They got a new coach. They have bringing in, of course, is their their defensive coordinator so he's been on campus for a while but again it's been a while since Manny Diaz their new coach has been in that situation so uh, this is going to take some time for them to adjust as well so I just find it being an easy year for Clemson there's a couple important games though uh, early in the year they have to take on Syracuse I think that's a, a notable game because Syracuse is going to come in there much improved uh, from last year they're going to have bringing back a lot of starters from last year as well they're bringing back some uh, what well, they recruited really well too. That might not, of course, pop up this year, but it may, uh, and that might be a factor. Uh, and again, they're going to play each other early, so there's not a much, there's not too much time to get to uh, get any game plans ready. It's going to be relatively, I think, within the first couple of games of the season. So that'll be a highlight there. Um, I also, well, outside of that, again, uh, I think the only team that might be able to give uh, them some trouble. We also got Virginia as well uh, in terms of giving Clemson some trouble. I think uh, Virginia's bringing back some key pieces on offense, especially with their quarterback. Uh, again, if they can navigate through their schedule, they're going to have to uh, face Virginia Tech, another team that I feel is on the rise, but not necessarily there. Uh, so if I were to go uh, with my favorite, of course, outright, uh, my outright favorite, of course, would be Clemson. A dark horse, hmm, uh, that's a really good one. Uh, at the moment, I'm going to have to go with Syracuse because, again, they have that, that early game against uh, they have that early game against Clemson. I think there's not going to be a whole lot of time to get a whole lot of uh, notes on that team. Not a you know, game. I mean, of course, like I said, it'll be a couple weeks in. I think it's in September. So, I mean, at least one or two weeks in. Uh, it'll, it'll be enough to get a, you know, might be a sample size, you know, maybe a game or some highlights or so that they might have against each other. But I think uh, Clemson comes in that game on with upset alert on their minds. So I definitely give uh, Clemson an upset alert for that game. Uh, but outside of uh, maybe a, a potential sleeper, I got to go with Virginia again. They're bringing back their star quarterback. They're bringing back a lot of pieces on offense. Um, and again, they're improving as well under their uh well, I think this is their third or fourth year for their head coach, Bronco Mendenhall, something like that. He's a really solid coach. He's known for bringing teams around uh, through good recruiting. And again, they recruited very well. So again, I think they're a sleeper this year. And I think they even challenge again uh, for the title next year. I think they, I think a lot, of the, a lot of the teams in this conference are just a year away. So you have to just kind of give it to Clemson outright. And uh, I think in some of these games, it might not even be pretty. There, there's another close game. Game, Clemson might have and it might be against uh, North Carolina State. Uh, they usually tend to play each other mm, pretty close. Uh, those average scores end up being about 42 to 37. Uh, so that'll be a shootout. Uh, but again, I see Clemson eking that one out. Um, 
And uh, yeah, I, I just see them being your conference champion again, and, and really, I mean, again, challenging for the national championship again. I think it's going to be another rematch between uh, Clemson and Alabama. I really don't want to say it, but if that's what it seems like to me. But we'll see. Hopefully, somebody can knock one of those guys off, maybe even both of them. Uh, but I'm going to take a quick break, break, guys. When I come back, I'll be talking some NFL preseason action. I'll be going over the scores and stats from last night. And uh, like I said, I'll be wrapping everything up with some MLB as well. So I'll be right back. All right, y'all. What is going on? I am back. Let's go over some NFL preseason action. I believe this is technically week one still, whatever. Uh, there was a couple games that came on last night. Of course, things popped off on Thursday. Uh, we're going to go over what went on uh, last night. We had a couple games come on. We had the Steelers getting it done against the Buccaneers, 30-28. to We're going to go over that one real quick. For the Buccaneers, through the air, they were led by Ryan Griffin, who went 26-43. Uh, he threw for 330 yards, also a touchdown. And James Jameis Winston didn't do so bad either for preseason play, going 5 or 6 with 40 yards and also a touchdown. On the ground, they were led by Dare Ogumbawale, who had 34 yards, also two touchdowns. In terms of receiving, they were led by receiver Spencer Schnell, who had 7 catches and 119 yards. Tight end Tanner Hudson also had 7 catches for 84 yards and a touchdown. And on defense, they were led by the two linebackers, Corey Nelson, who had 4 total tackles, and also Kevin Minter, who had 5 total tackles. As far as the Steelers are concerned, through the air they were led by Mason Rudolph who went 5 of 8. He had 91 yards and also 2 touchdowns. Devlin Hodges also threw for a touchdown as well going 8 for 14 for 79 yards. On the ground they were led by their quarterback, their third string quarterback Josh Dobbs who had 44 yards and they also had some production from their rookie running back as well Benny Snell Jr. who had 26 yards. In terms of receiving they were led by wide receiver James James Washington, who had four catches for 84 yards and a touchdown. They also got uh, touchdown catches from their, their, their tight end, excuse me, Zach Gentry, and also their raw receiver, Tevin Jones. As far as defense is concerned, their rookie, Tevin Bush, had 10 total tackles, leading the team. They also got uh, some action from their linebacker. Their other linebacker, Tyler um, Matakavich, who had four total tackles, a sack, and an interception. We also got some NFC action yesterday uh, with the Vikings getting it done against the Saints. For the Vikings, they were led by their, I believe this will be their second string here. I'm not too sure how they're going to work that one out right now, but I, I think as of now, Sean Mannion is their second stringer. Uh, he went 7-13 for 102 yards, and he also threw for a touchdown as well. Kirk Cousins didn't do so bad either in terms of preseason play, of course. He going 4-4 for four for 65 yards and a touchdown. And Kyle Slaughter, who I'm thinking might be their third string by the end of this whole thing, he went 6-7 uh, for 62 yards and a touchdown. In terms of running the ball, they were led by, uh, led by Mike Boone, who had 70 yards and a touchdown, and Amir Abdullah also got 63 yards as well. For receiving, they were led by Ty uh, Tyler Conklin, their tight end, who had two catches and 56 yards. Uh, now, wide receiver Charles Johnson, as well as wide receiver Corey, uh, sorry, not wide receiver, but running back Corey Blassingame, and also running back uh, Alexander Madison, all caught touchdowns. And on defense, Let's see. 
give me one second. Yeah, and on defense, they were led by their linebacker, Cameron Smith, who had six total tackles, and a defensive tackle, Jalen Holmes, who had four total tackles and a sack. For the Saints, they were led by their, I believe this is going to be their, uh, the air for Drew Brees once he goes. I like this guy here when he's healthy. He's had some really debilitating injuries, some really gruesome injuries, but when he's healthy, I swear he's uh, Doug Williams incarnate. For, your, for those of you uh, who do not know about this brother, I suggest you, uh, you find out about him. Teddy Bridgewater, really good game from him. 14 and 19 for 134 yards, also a touchdown. Taysom Hill did not do that bad either. He went 8 of 14. Uh, he also, uh, 8 of 14, he also threw for a touchdown and an interception. And he also had 45 uh, rushing yards as well, which led the team. Uh, in terms of receiving little Jordan Humphrey, I just think that's the funniest name ever. I'm sorry. I I'd rather call him Jordan Humphrey, but we look him up, it actually says little Jordan. So his name is little Jordan. Little Jordan Humphrey, the raw receiver, had two yard, uh, two catches for 42 yards and also a touchdown. And their tight end, Dan Arnold, also caught a touch touchdown as well. Isn't there like a, a, a funny actor, white dude named Dan Arnold or something like that? That wasn't even married to Roseanne or something like that? That's funny. We got Little Jordan Humphrey and Dan Arnold. That's, man, the Saints. Y'all going to be a team come 2021 2022 i cannot wait we got Taysom hill coming out with the wildcat y'all gonna bring the wildcat back with Taysom hill i just i feel it i feel it things are gonna be very interesting when you breeze retires i can't wait as far as defense is concerned they were led by their linebacker demario davis who had four total tackles also defensive back jt gray as well as defensive tackle taylor stalworth had four total tackles as well and on special teams well will lutz had a Hell of a game going four for four in terms of field goals. He also had a long as long he had also had a long kick of 52 yards as well, putting up 13 points for the Saints, all in a losing effort. But again, he put his effort there. And he also had uh, an extra point tack on as well. Uh, as far as today's Saturday's games, uh, we got some uh, we got some California action. The Rams will be visiting the Raiders in Oakland. Uh, this game will be taking off at 5 p.m. Pacific, of course, 8 p.m. Eastern. We also got the Bengals and the Chiefs. Uh, Bengals headed out to Kansas City to face the Chiefs. That game will be coming on at the same time. So I guess it's just a regional thing, you know, just where you at. That's what determines what you're going to be watching at five o'clock and then uh at six o'clock uh we 9 p.m is eastern we had the cowboys headed out to san francisco actually santa Clara. technically it's santa Clara. take on the niners and that game will be on of course like i said six o'clock eastern so an hour later nine o'clock eastern time that should be a solid game as well i'm looking forward to all those games i will be covering those covering those um Mm. My next episode, it just depends. Today, uh, tomorrow I work, of course. I'm working tonight as well. Well, today I get off at 10 o'clock. So, again, I mean, I'll be getting some notes. I'll be researching. If I'm, you know, if I'm filling it after work and I do have an easier schedule tomorrow, I do get off a little bit earlier. Of course, I go, of course I go in a little bit earlier. So, we'll see uh, if I'm able to get it out tomorrow night. Uh, then I'll definitely be covering those scores. Uh, if not, then I'll just put it out Monday morning. That's usually how I've been doing it, y'all. So, uh, bear with me, of course. I'm trying to get somewhat of a decent schedule for you guys. But uh, until then, I'll just be making sure everything that I put out is of quality. So work with me. Hang with me. I love you guys. I'm going to take another quick break, and I'll be uh, wrapping everything up with some baseball scores. And, of course, the standings going into the weekend. All right, now.
right, y'all, I'm back. I'm going to wrap this up for today. Uh, I'll be going over the scores, of course, from the MLB from yesterday, going over the standings as well. Not a whole lot of news to cover, but, of course, I will be coming back to you with that, you know, like I say, with my Sunday night special or, of course, the Monday the Monday morning special, of course, when I go over the sports and the MLB wrap-up, we'll be having all the update news uh, then as well. We'll be having all the up, updated news then. As of now, slow news day, but a lot of baseball action, a lot of very important action to go over as well because, of course, the races, the playoff races are getting very closer, and the records uh, in terms of how uh, how these teams were two couple months ago, those margin of errors and those uh, – I guess those those games back, they're getting closer. Some teams are even tied now. Let's just get right into it, of course. Uh, we're going to start off with the scores. And the A's got it done yesterday against the White Sox, 7-0. We got the Astros getting it done against the Orioles, 3-2. We got the Blue Jays getting an upset against the Yankees, 8-2. Uh, we got the Braves uh, holding on to their first place spot in their division, getting it done against the Marlins, 8-4. We got the Nationals coming up short by just a run against the Mets, 7-6. I thought this was a crucial game here for the Mets. They were led by the third baseman, Todd Frazier, who had a three-run homer. Also, a newcomer first baseman, Pete Alonzo, the power bat, also hit a two-run home run as well. And Marcus Stroman, of course, I don't think he was super happy about going to the Mets in the, Mets in the beginning, but he's having some success. Uh, he went for six innings, got the win. He did give up nine hits and four runs. Uh, he gave up nine Ks, but of course, the bullpen was able to come through and able to get them the win. For the Nationals, uh, they were led by their left fielder Juan Soto who had three hits and two RBIs and third baseman very underrated he doesn't get a lot of love but Anthony Rendon he also got two hits and three RBIs as well in the performance and of course I mean he could have went this game could have went either way and uh, every game counts now and we'll talk about why in just a second especially for the Mets uh, moving on we got the Angels uh, Getting it done against the Red Sox, 4-1 to one is the final score. We got the Royals getting it done against the Tigers, 5-2 is the final is the final score. The Reds get it done against the Cubs, 5-2. We got the Indians getting it done and rallying, uh, especially as of lately. They're getting it done. They got it done against the, the division, against the division leading uh, uh, Twins, excuse me. 6-2 was the final score here. For the Indians, Yasiel Puig, who they just got via trade with the Reds, becoming an immediate impact. Yesterday, he had three hits in the RBI, and five of the players on the team, uh, including first baseman Carlos Santana, no, no, not the guitarist, just the first baseman, Carlos Santana. They all hit RBIs. And as far as pitching is concerned, uh, Shane Bieber, and I don't know if he's related to Justin Bieber, and I don't really feel like looking it up. Y'all want to do it and let me know. Go ahead. But Shane Bieber got the win. He went for seven innings, gave up seven hits, but only two runs, and also uh, had 11 strikeouts. So good game from him. As far as the uh, Twins are concerned, they got RBIs from left fielder Eddie Rosario and also catcher Juan Castro. Moving on. Uh, we, oh, actually, in one uh, one more uh, important game here. It was an inner inner interdivisional game or interleague game here. Uh, we have the Brewers getting it done against the Rangers 6-5. to five. For the Brewers they were led by catcher Yasmani Rundahl who had two RBIs and also four other players drove in runs as well. And as far as pitching is concerned Gio Gonzalez will go on to get the win going for five innings uh, giving up two hits but only a run uh, and also getting two strikeouts as well. For the for the Rangers, excuse me they got uh, RBIs they got an RBI, a two- well, actually, a 
two RBIs from their third baseman, uh, Logan Forsythe, and also two hits in the RBI from their right fielder, Hunter Pence. He also uh, got two uh, two runs in. He also uh, Got two runs himself uh, as well. Moving on, we got the Pirates getting it done against the Cardinals. Actually, the Cardinals getting it done against the Pirates, 6-2. We got the D-backs getting the rare win this time against the Dodgers, 3-2. At least a rare win against the Dodgers uh, was 3-2. That's the final score. And we got the uh, Rays getting it done against the Mariners, 5-3. We got the Padres getting it done against the Rockies, 7-1. And finally, we got some NL, NL play here. Phillies getting it done against the Giants, nine to six. Giants, told you, y'all not making it to no playoff. Anyway, moving to the standings, MEAL East, we have the Yankees here on top, seventy six and forty is their record. They've gone nine and one in their last ten. The Rays here are in the second place spot, 60, 67 and fifty, nine and a half games back, eight and two in their last ten. Up next, we have the White Sox here at sixty two and fifty six, fifteen games back. I think you can put them out the playoff spot because I, well, they're kind of in the mix for a wild card, but. I don't think so, in my opinion. Three and seven in the last ten. That only look consistent enough for me. Uh, in the fourth place spot, we have the Blue Jays, who are at forty-eight and seventy-one, and finally we have the Orioles at thirty-eight and seventy-seven. This is the interesting division here. This division has gone crazy. The Indians had scrapped and clawed their way back. They are now well. They are tied for the first place. First place spot here in the AL Central, excuse me. They are currently tied at 70 and 46 with the Minnesota Twins. Uh, the Indians have gone eight and two in their last ten, so they're pretty much surging. And the Twins have stayed consistent. They are at a, a five and five in their last ten, so 500. So they're winning some, they're losing some. Again, in the, and with the Indians surging right now. Uh, I think the Indians just might snatch this division away. They're playing a little bit better. They were smart at the trade line, the, the, the trade deadline, and getting Yasiel Puig. And again, I told you guys I thought it was my favorite haul uh, as far as uh, free. Uh, sorry, the trade deadline and all that is concerned because again, they got a lot of different players. They got uh, outfielders outfielders, infielders, and also pitching, and I believe relievers as well, starting pitching and relievers as well. So again, they were very balanced in their approach, and I think they hit on all cylinders, and I think that it's showing right now. They've gone eight and two in their last 10, and I think they just might snatch this division. Uh, up next in the third place spot of the team that is really irrelevant at the moment, we have the Chicago White Sox, who are 51 and 63, and of course, we got the four and five teams who are, of course, irrelevant. You can put forks in them. They have not been in the playoff race in at least a couple months. The Royals and the Tigers. The Royals are now 41 to 76, and the Tigers are now 35 and 78. Moving on to the AL West, we have the Astros here, who again are just exceeding everybody. They're just they're just above and beyond everybody else. Well, a lot of different teams, at least in the AL West, of course. 76 and 40 is their record. Nine and one, they got nine and one in their last ten. So there you go. The A's are 66 and 50, 10 games back. I don't know what to say. And at least we are in the wild card mix. 7-3 in our last 10. And uh, we have the Mar the Rangers here, excuse me, 15 games back, 58-57, and 5-5 five in the last 10. Uh, we have the Mariners, and, I'm sorry, the Angels and the Mariners here in the fourth and fifth. The fourth and fifth place spots. The Angels are 56 and 61, and the Mariners are 48 and 67. Of course, that means they are out of all playoff contention. Let's talk about the wild card real quick. Uh, in terms of. Mm, 
it's it's very difficult now because again with Minnesota taking or possibly taking a second place spot in that division, that AL Central division, and being that they already have 70 wins, which is more than of course the the Rays, Red Sox, and the A's, which will be the next couple of teams. I think in line for a wild card uh, that automatically puts the twins in that first wild card spot. So there you go with that. Uh, in terms of the second place team, uh, the Rays are up by a game on the A's in terms of that. So uh, if the season were to end today for the wild card playoff game you'd be having the twins facing off against the rays but of course we have a lot of baseball to play of course the a's and of course the a's are just a game back from the rays at 66 and 50 so again and you also have like i said boston kind of in the mix they're a few games back um if you want to give them a if, if you want to give them a shot possibly uh, of course, you um, yeah, of course, you have the so really, you just have a three team race there. Uh, whoever whoever loses the AL Central is pretty much guaranteed a spot uh, for a wild card, and then I think it's whoever's gonna win out between the A's and maybe the Ray the Rays. Uh, possibly you can have the um, the Red Sox there at 62 wins. Uh, I don't think they really challenge the other two, though, the A's or the Rays, so I think it's. You could put you could probably put an X on the Red Sox, but again, I think it's a two game. The, the more I think the more important race is for that second place playoff spot between the Rays again and the A's. Um, mm, I don't know what to say about that one just yet. <laughs> Let's move on to the NL, uh, the National League, of course, and we're gonna start off in the National League East. And of course, the Braves have been holding on to that first place spot. I don't know how they've been able to do it. Uh, they've been trying to stay consistent as possible, but they are six and four in the last ten, so that's looking good. The pitching staff is, as uh, it's so so. They're still so so, and that's gonna be a problem come October. But for now. They're winning games. Uh, next up, we have the Nationals here at 61 and 54, who are six and a half games back, five and five in the last ten. They're still in the mix. Uh, I definitely think they can challenge for that division. Uh, the Braves, uh, they proved that they can be inconsistent, but the Nationals, they've been inconsistent as well. Uh, they're five. They're five and five in the last ten, but again, they're going to have to uh, go on some winning streaks here if they really wanted to snag a spot or even be safe uh, with a wild card. Because again, they have to. Phillies right behind them, who are 60 and 56, eight games back, of course, in the division, four and six in their last season. And of course, the big dogs right now, the hot ones right now, the Mets, they're 60 and 56, eight games back, though, but they've gone nine and one in the last 10. And this is a trend that they've been on. I think last week they went with nine and one in their last 10 as well. So look out for the Mets. Uh, they're looking pretty damn good. Um, Again, Marcus Stroman uh, is and Noah Syndergaard. They have a really good rotation right now. Forgot about uh, Noah Syndergaard almost. Uh, you have a good rotation there. You got Pete Alonso there. We just mentioned him. Todd Frazier at third base as well. So, again, this is a team that can challenge. Um, how hot can they stay? That is the question. Um, they are, I mean, if you want to look at it, they are in a wild card. They are in the wild card race. Uh, they're definitely in the wild card race. Uh, this is definitely why the Giants, in my opinion now, uh, really don't have a shot. 
um, with what they've been through recently. So uh, whatever thoughts the Giants had, no. With the Mets now getting hot, mm -mm, it's over. It's definitely over for y'all. And at the bottom, of course, of the NL East, we have the Marlins, which bring it back uh, 43-72 and 72 is their record. Of course, they've been done for a while now. Uh, let's move on to the NL Central. We have the Cubs, who, um, who are doing it. They're getting it done. Uh, a couple weeks ago, they were very inconsistent, but now they seem to be on top of things, going 7-3 in their last 10, and they are in the driver's seat by two and a half games up of the Brewers, who are 61-56. So again, this is a very interesting division, very competitive. I think more so competitive than anyone in baseball right now. Um, well, if you if you if you count the top spot of the uh, the AL Central, the top two in the AL Central, but again, you have three teams here in this race. Actually, well, no, the NL East is pretty damn competitive too. But the NL Central shouldn't be sneezed at or laughed at either. So they got some good teams here. The Cardinals, of course, can challenge as well. They're three games back right now at fifty nine and fifty five. They've gone three and seven in the last ten though. And up next in the fourth place spot, we have the Reds, who still somehow believe, but they are fifty nine and fifty nine, seven games back, six and four in the last ten. So they've got some improvement, but again, I don't think they catch up with these guys here. I just think they're a little bit. They're way. I mean, if the the Cubs are inconsistent to an extent, the Brewers are of course inconsistent in some ways. At least in terms of their relievers and stuff like that. The Cardinals, I might say in their hitting, they might be consistent in some ways. But I think the Reds are way too consistent on way too many fronts to really be in this race right now. But they are seven games back, and who knows what could happen. And finally, we are in the eight. We're going to go to the NL West, excuse me, where the Dodgers still maintain their top spot. 77-41, they gone eight and two in the last ten. No one's catching up to them in this division. The question is, can they win the World Series, and who's going to give them trouble there? I don't care about the, the NL West right now. These guys are basically trash. The, the Diamondbacks are 59-57. and 57. They're 17 games back, 6-4 and four in the last 10. Again, they're somewhat in the mix for a wild card game. With the, but with the, surge, with the resurgence of the Mets, I don't see them making it. Uh, the Giants, same thing, 57-60, 19 half games back in the division, but 3-7 in the last 10. That wild card spot is is disappearing for them as well and at the bottom we have the Padres at 54 and 61 we also have the Rockies here at 52 and 64 let's put the fork in those guys they're done nothing to talk about uh like I said let's talk about the, the wild card for a brief second here uh at the top at the moment at the top we have the Nationals and uh Looking at it, uh, we have the Nationals and the Brewers. But then again, uh, those are the top two, of course. Uh, the Nationals are 61-54. The Brewers are currently at 61-56. But again, you have the Phillies right there in the mix at 60-56. You also have the Mets there at 60-56 as well. And, of course, you have the Cardinals. And if you want to be nice, you can add the Diamondbacks as well, just to be nice. Um, but again, I, I think the Cardinals legitimately uh, are a better team than Diamondbacks. They're more legitimate, legitimate, more legitimately in the race, in my opinion. Uh, just three games back in the division, they have a possible chance to win their own division and still get to the playoffs. The Diamondbacks are way too far out in their own division, so. Uh, you know, being at fifty nine and fifty seven puts really puts them at a outside at a disadvantage as opposed to the Cardinals who are just three games back in their own division. Because again, they might not get a wild card because they could end up winning that division. This division could go either way. The Diamonds don't have the Diamondbacks don't have so so much of luck. Um, as far as who else could be in the mix, again, you have the Reds here possibly, uh, but again, I think it's I think right now 
uh, really in the driver's spot, at least if the season were to end today, you'd have the Nationals and the Brewers squaring off, of course. Um, but outside of that, if we were just to add a couple teams, more teams in the mix, uh, it would be three more teams. It would be the Cardinals, the Phillies, and uh, the Mets. So that's what you got. Uh, so let's call it a wrap for today. Of course, I will be coming back either tomorrow night or Monday morning, just depending on how I feel from work. Uh, I got some future projects that I will be presenting to you guys. I got a, oh, I got a review for you guys. I'll be going over uh, Erica Badu's Baduism. I'm also going to be going over a year, a year in perspective. I'll be going back to the year 2004. I'm going to be surprising you about what I'm going to be talking about, but I'll be going back to the year 2004 and why it was significant for me. Uh, so far, I got that. I got some war on the street. More word, word on the street, of course. Uh, we're gonna be going over. We're gonna go. Be, we're gonna be going back to Trump and the trade situation with some updates there, of course. And uh, yeah, you know how we do it. Uh, I'm always trying to get the, the latest of the news and trying to stay up on it. So again, if you're looking to get in touch with me, you can uh, contact me via email or AKA Gmail at uh, ljbutler75, of course, at gmail.com. That is eljbutler75 at gmail.com. Once again, that is ljbutler75 at gmail.com. ELJButler75 at gmail.com. I also have an Instagram and a Facebook, and you can look me up there at L Jamal Johnny. That is E L J A M A H A D J A N I. Once again, that is L Jamal Johnny at E L J A M A H A D J A N J A N I. Also have a Facebook page. For the show as well at Never Out of Balance. There's some content on there. Of course, I'm working on updating that. And of course, there's links on there to the PayPal and to my cash up as well if you would be looking to donate. Uh, but more so, like I said before, I'm looking to interact and I'm looking to get suggestions and positive uh, and constructive uh, feedback and I'm looking to improve uh, this experience for you guys and as well for myself so uh, more so looking for the interaction but if you would like to donate they, I do have links there as well but for now I'm going to call it a wrap uh, if anybody hasn't told you yet told you yet I love you peace out one love and I'll holla at y'all later